This is Profit from the Inside with Joel Block. Insights to give your business the inside track. And now, here's your host, Joel Block. There you are, cranking along in your career until you stumble onto a problem that you know you can solve and it could be worth millions, but you've got a life, a wife, and a family, and they're all counting on you to make a living. So how do you make the leap, change your direction, solve the problem that you want to solve, and make money on your own terms, mid-career? To answer that question, Eric Vogt. Eric, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it, Joel. That is a that is a great question, and it takes me <laughs> back um, uh, about four years uh, in the beginning of my journey doing just what you just described. Well, let's let's talk about that for a minute. So, uh, what were you doing before you jumped into this new thing? Which is very cool. The, the second I saw it, I, I knew that it was it was cool. It was it was a, a something I liked. So we'll get into that. But what were right. you doing first? Yeah, so um, most of my career, I've been a lawyer, right? A trial lawyer and uh, been the president and uh, uh, the managing partner of about a 15 lawyer law firm in Denver, Colorado, Um, uh, trying cases, uh, litigating cases, representing clients and, and running that law firm in a very um, stable industry that has not changed hardly at all for a hundred years. Well, I, I, you know, knowing what I know about lawyers, I can't think of a lot of reasons why they'd want to change it. It's going pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. That um, certainly uh, the law gig is still a good gig, but it is, there are lots of financial pressures um, uh, that are coming down the pipe for lawyers. And and that's part of why I started this, this new business. All right. So, so uh, there you are cranking along, being a lawyer, doing whatever you're doing. And what happened? What did what did you what did you find out that uh, you noticed was a problem? So, you know, I think I finally made the decision to do something about this particular problem in the litigation process. Um, after my staff just complained over and over again about this problem, and they said, "Look, what." where's the technology here? Why is nobody using technology? Why are we faxing these documents over to um, uh, these folks that are going to deliver these documents for you? And that's really, (laughs) I coalesced that I I just, I didn't have a good answer for that. And so I started looking into how we could take this from a, a a really a, a problem that's solved by, humans without a whole lot of technology and starting to think about how to technology could solve a lot of those pain points. So, so what, what exactly is the problem? What, 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 what are you doing? So the, the, the problem in litigation, the begin the beginning of litigation is when you compel somebody to answer a lawsuit, your defendants or your witnesses to come in and testify at a deposition they have to have the delivery of those documents, the subpoena or the complaint and the summons by hand. That's what the constitution requires so that the witness or the defendant knows the importance of these documents. So they have to be delivered by hand. The way that was done before my company proof 
was that if, if I had a case where I had 10 defendants, my paralegal would have to find a process serving company or process server at, in each area where those defendants are located across the country. Make three calls, check on price, check on service, all of that stuff, and then fax or email the documents to each of those 10 process servers. Anytime she or he wanted an, uh, an update, they would have to um, make a phone call to the gatekeeper and the gatekeeper would then hang up and call the person actually delivering the documents. And then the message would flow back to the paralegal who then would um, come up to my office and tell me where we are on one of those 10 uh, deliveries. So that's what we did. That's what we've done for the 20 years I practiced law. That's what was done on horseback back when we didn't have any automobiles. So the same thing, right? The process server delivers the document. So what, so what does that look like in the in the 21st century? I mean, what what is, uh, what you still have to give the person the, the document. Still have to give the person the document. You're talking about there's a different way of getting the documents to the process servers. And so if you think about Uber, right? The big change there was, you know, you just hit a button and then you knew when the car was going to arrive and you can track the car, right? Everything was real-time information. That's what everybody demands today. So if you think of what I just described, this is what we changed about all those phone calls and emails and our promises. Look, phone calls and emails take a bunch of time. You're never going to have to do that to get service process delivered again. Um, uh, for your law firm. So ours is a marketplace. It's a technology platform. We have 3,500 law firms across the country that upload documents daily to be served. Those documents are read by our machine learning, pulled out the information we need, addresses are entered for each of the defendants, and then the technology finds the process server that's closest to each of those 10 defendants, right? Pops on their mobile phone, um, on our on our mobile app, they pick up the job, geolocate the nearest FedEx, the docs are printed, and then the law firm tracks the uh, each attempt with, of service of the documents with geolocations, timestamps, and photographs. So, so we took, just, right, just to recap, so uh, it saves time in the preparation of the documents and it gives you control so you know uh, when the attempts at the service are being made or if it's successful. Right. Okay, so yep. those couple steps. So I'm just sitting here thinking, uh, you know, law firms are in the business of billing hours. Uh, some paralegals not billing three hours for preparing these documents. Is that a negative thing for these people or, or what? It's not a negative thing. You know, I mean, maybe there's some lawyers out there that are trying to um, uh, bill for the time of chasing down a process server. But that is not something that you should ever be billing for. Uh, number one, and then a lot of lawyers work on contingency fee matters, right? So all their paralegal time, they have to eat because they only get paid if they prevail. So our whole vision as a company is legal services are too expensive for most Americans. Most Americans go without a lawyer because they can't afford the hourly rate. So how do we attack that problem? We attack it with technology that allows the paralegal to do higher level functions in the case besides making phone calls and emails with to, to wrangle process servers, to e-file the documents, which we use our technology to do as well, 
so that she or he can do higher level functions that help lower the cost of the delivery of legal services instead of the $500 an hour uh, lawyer rate. You know, I think that that theme of uh, of getting the paralegal or getting somebody to do higher level work and abandon lower level work, that's a theme that everybody who listens to the show, every executive who listens to the show is thinking about how can we up-level our company? How can we move the bar a little higher? Whether it's getting employees to do higher and better level work, whether it's uh, delivering higher and better level products, you know, whatever it is, but everybody's thinking of it. So that theme is uh, very prevalent across everything that that a lot of us all do. And I imagine yeah. that people are sitting listening to them, listening to you, and they're saying, what things in our industry are anachronistic or are broken? Or it's just time to rethink how we do things. And, and I applaud you for rethinking this because, uh, you know, I mean, there's a lot of anachronisms in our society. And by the way, the pandemic really exposed a lot of those. And clearly yours was exposed uh, long before the pandemic. So, And what I also think the pandemic did is it accelerated people's desire and belief and confidence in these new technologies. Right. Um, Because I'll just use law firms as an example. They didn't believe that they could run a practice remotely. Right. That scared the you know what out of every every lawyer in America. Right. And so now they realize that that can be done through Zoom. You can try cases through Zoom. And so we hit at the right time. You know, the pandemic actually, I think, has been an advantage to us because lawyers now are looking towards technology to do things that they were fine doing the old way because somebody's going to pay them for it. But what I say when I'm out there talking to paralegals and lawyers is I'm 80% of Americans, small businesses, medium businesses can't afford, you know, a lawyer's time. Right. So that is talk about total addressable market. That is a massive market. So let's, Let's use some technology to do what we can to allow us to just do the stuff that lawyers and paralegals should be doing. So we lower the the cost of legal services so we get into that market. This is a win-win. This is not something like technology is going to take away your billable hours or your or you know your paralegal's job. It's only going to allow you to take more and more cases or compete in the market that you already are in or compete you know, take your firm up a notch into, into another market or, or just, or just shave a little bit of time off the process because yeah, go uh, play you know, golf. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, instead of, instead of it taking, uh, you know, 10 days to get something served, maybe you get served in two or three days. I mean, that, that, you know, every bit counts because this is such a lengthy kind of deal. Do you really, do you really think <clears throat> that, that this process though has anything to do with legal fees or, or legal costs coming down? Because this I, is kind of this kind of greases the wheel, but I don't know how does it really make a big difference. I truly believe that it does, and that's our vision as our as a technology company, and we're going to continue to innovate um, uh, additional products um, to help lawyers save time and paralegals save time. So, our feedback from our customers is that they save about an hour of paralegal time for every serve. So take a medium-sized plaintiffs-oriented law firm. They are going to save in paralegal time close to 
a quarter of a million dollars a year. I tell them that, I show them that, I show them the calculator. They're like, well, of course we're gonna do that, right? That's gonna allow me to um, have my paralegals press my cases more aggressively, do more investigation, more client contact. Clients are gonna be happier. We're gonna get through the cases faster. Yeah, it just, it makes a lot of sense. So, all right, so look, so now we understand what the product is. Now let's talk about, you You notice this problem. So clearly enough, you're, you're an attorney, you're, you're, you're filing papers, your paralegal is uh, struggling to get paperwork done all the day, you know, whatever frustration you had. And, and you say, this is really a big problem. We got to solve this problem. How was it that you had the guts to leave what sounds like was a probably a pretty uh, good and lucrative job to go off and, and you know, and try the uh, try your hand at entrepreneurship and the startup game and the raising capital game and, you know, how'd that happen? So I think if you're if your listeners are interested in doing something like what I've done, um, I think the first thing is um, you got to th- start thinking like an entrepreneur, like you you are. And and I have a lot of entrepreneurial friends, and I joined. Um, and did a lot of events with entrepreneurs organization. I don't know if you know that. Sure. And sure. and just hanging out with those people, you know, the the positive attitude they have and the way they think is contagious. So I would say that was part of it, right? That gave me um, uh, some confidence, right? Um, then I would say the second thing you need to do is talk to your wife or your husband because <laughs> it's going to be a bumpy ride. And then I would check, I would check your, 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 your bank account and, and your, your finances, right? Because it's always going to cost more and take longer than you think it's going to. Uh, it costs take. more than you think, yep. takes longer than you think, goes slower yep. than you think, just yep. everything, right? But I would also say that it is such a wonderful transition um, to uh, go from one thing to the next, if you're, you know, if you're a driven person, right? I mean, it's just a, a breath of fresh air. Um, so don't discount. You know, it's going to be hard work, but don't discount the jolt you will get in your in your life, right? In your uh, your quality of of life, it's going to be hard, but it's new and it's different, and that's exciting. Um, so those are some broad things that I would say. You know, um, I, I, I don't want to get too much in the weeds, and with, mm-hmm. you know, although you know, like we could go into the deep into yeah. the weeds on this. But you know, normally I would like to talk about things related to capital, and we'll talk about capital. But mm-hmm. when you think about starting a technology platform, which is what yours is, it's a technology platform, which, by the way, gets enormously better multiples from. Uh, investors and uh, stock market uh, buyers when the time comes for you and you haven't rung the bell on the exchange yet, I understand, right? Right, right. Not yet. But, you know, so the technology platform thing, that's fantastic. Subscription revenue, fantastic. You're checking all the boxes. You're doing all the stuff right. Um, the question that I have is when you went out to develop your software, how did you find a software vendor and how did you trust them? Because for me, as a non-technology person, that's always the X factor, is how do you trust the technology vendor that they're doing what you want them to do? Did you make them a partner? Did you keep them as a vendor? What? Tell us a little bit about that, because that is always a... IT has become an enormous problem. It's huge. 
right? And these guys are expensive. Um, uh, you know, we have, I think we're hiring our sixth engineer now, right? And they're the highest paid people in the company. Are, you, right? you have so, you have five other ones or, or you yeah. replaced the same one five times? No, Which... I think, no, we have five now. But this is a new <laughs> phenomenon for us, right? We had one forever. But before the one, before the one who is has stock options and an ownership interest, we hired an agency, right? And this is super tricky. Um, uh, you, I, I think the best path is to partner with somebody that has ownership interest and not go the agency route. Um, you know, agencies are good, but they have their own interests, right? They have their own payroll to make. They have a bunch of other clients. If you can get somebody, if you're the industry expert like me, and you can get somebody to partner with that is um, a top-notch uh, developer and give them a big part of the company, I think you're better off. Yeah. Right. Uh, l- listen, uh, that that is such a critical role that it probably merits uh, being a partner. Absolutely. But how do you, um, then how do you find that guy? How do you find yeah. that person? Because they're not easy to find. And, and the thing is, just like lay people don't know what a good lawyer is, you don't know what a good doctor is, you don't know what a good CPA is, you know, guys like you and me don't know what a, what a really good technology programmer is yep. until it's too late. Yeah, I think, you know, um, that's where you got to really dig. You know, you got to try out a bunch of, you know, you got to talk to a bunch of different people. Um, and um, it's tough. I, I, I'm i not going to say that it's not easy, but take your time and figure this one out because it's a big deal. This is the person that is going to get you product market fit, right? You're going to tell them what the industry needs, but this person has to do it. There were times <laughs> Maybe you know about this, Joel, where I considered going to coding school just so that I could get this job done cheaper. <laughs> so yeah. because you're not in control, you're just not in control. I don't care and, what and, your you contract know, uh, says, you're just most, not in control. Listen, most CEOs, most executives like to have some modicum of control. That they can't manage things they don't really understand. And, and this is something that is really hard to do. And uh, I was lucky years ago when I built my uh, company, I had a brilliant partner. We didn't always see eye to eye, but but he always came through and, yes. and he was a brilliant guy and, and that really worked out and, and I trusted him and and it worked and, and that was it. But very, they're very hard to find. And you know, I've, I've never been to able find. to duplicate that and, and get a really great uh, company going because there's there's the constraint of the technology. Yeah, you can you can find them. You know, you can go offshore and try to get a break, but I would suggest starting with somebody um, that even if they're not in your network, you got through your network or a friend of a friend and, and you've gotten referrals and make them an ownership, it, it, an owner. Um, don't make them, you know, vest their shares in a year, <laughs> right? So they don't leave owning a quarter of your company without doing the job. Yeah. That, that, that's something that is key. You know, the, right? the other thing is I've, I've always believed you need to hire an attorney to manage the attorneys. You need to hire a financial person to manage your, yeah. your financial people. And you need to hire engineers or technology people to manage your technology people, because that's just not something that you can do if you don't really understand it. Like, for example, you know, you say hire somebody from overseas, you'll save money. But how do you know what the quality of those people is? How do you know if they're going to steal your source code? 
I mean, you got to get copies of that code every so often, you know, and no two guys write the code the same way. So it may not be uh, usable by another person. Right. So there's, there's just all this stuff. And it may work for a while, but it may not scale. And then it, and then you're going to, if you're going to raise money, you know, we're going through a series, a round of funding. Now, if you're going to raise money, man, they're going to look at that code. <laughs> every yeah, I mean, so, somebody who knows what they're doing, if they're sophisticated, yeah. is going to look at your, at your code. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, maybe not in your friends and family round, but it's going to happen as you get, it's going to happen. The professional rounds, they're going to want to know what's going on. Yeah. And they're, you know, which by the way, be very careful that they don't steal anything. They'll tell you they won't, but uh, but I can't tell you that everybody's perfect. Yeah, we you need to have a, a you know a trade secret um, non disclosure non competition agreement uh, with your your head developer, and that's fine. If you're giving them ownership, that's something that should be signed. I'm, I'm talking signed. about your money guys. The, I'm talking about the money guys, uh, not necessarily uh, you know doing what you expect, and then you don't have the money to fight them. Back to the problem that you oh, yeah. described, you know, right. you can have all the agreements in the world, but the, the truth is you probably can't go to go to toe to toe with those guys. Right. Not with a typical NDA. I don't think you're going to have any luck Yeah, uh, for a whole host yeah. of legal and financial so, so, so tell us a little bit about the financing. So you decide to go out, uh, you know, mm-hmm. this, this stuff is expensive. You know, where'd the money come from? Did you write a business plan? I mean, what, what did you do? How, how far along yeah. were you before you really went into the marketplace? Well, I, I I understood the problem obviously because I lived it for a long long time. Um, so I took that problem uh, to um, some folks in the you know in the tech industry, um, and uh, that I knew through uh, entrepreneurs organization um, and ran it by them and many many other people, um, and and then we brought in what I guess you'd call the money guy, right? The guy that, you know, that, that um, knows how to put a deal together, knows how to raise some capital, you know, been there and done that. And um, between the four of us, we founded proof. Uh, But before we, you know, started our little LLC and put money in, we did a lot of due diligence about uh, market fit, who's going to buy this, um uh about especially total addressable market I mean, you can have a problem that you can solve for with all kinds of technology and uh, the market can be tiny <laughs> and then it's not yeah, i'll tell you it, even right? worse than that a lot of times <laughs> I've, I've i've run into engineers who solve a problem that that uh, they don't even know who has the problem but <laughs> they totally solve, they just solve the problem so no i i don't have any sense that that is your problem at all I mean, your yours no. is real um it's a very clumsy uh, mechanism in, in the mm-hmm. 21st century, the way that we do it. And it really right. needs to be addressed and fixed. And I, and you're right. doing that, which is very cool. Uh, you know of anybody else who's doing the same thing? I don't. I mean, there's a lot of incumbents. There's like 30,000 process serving companies. At least that's what somebody's told me across the, the United States. There are some regional players you know, with call centers and, and everything is done with email and phone calls. But I, I don't know of anybody that, although I am starting to see folks, you know, and I've been told by competitors, hey, you, you know, I see you're doing it right. And so they're coming. They're definitely coming. Yeah. So what are you guys doing to get uh, to get a head start, to get an edge? Where's, where's um, your advantage? So 
our advantages that we put together a founders round and then we did it in friends and family so we could build this thing, right? And then our advantages that we weren't in the business, right? So we didn't have the burden of incumbency, right? We don't have the systems that were in place in 1970. We don't have the workforce um, and we all have relationships with the people we work with, right? And so we don't have a back office because the technology is our back office, right? So the incumbents have that back office and they have that one way of thinking. And so our advantage was test everything they're doing and try to change it, right? What is annoying for law firms? Um, Why does the court give you uh, 60 to 90 days to serve process? That's ridiculous. (laughs) Speed is a time saver and a money saver. So we thought about all this differently. Um, and, and then we hustled. <laughs> that is a big advantage. We are highly motivated um, because we know we got a tiger by the tail and we're owners. So we hustled, hustled, hustled. I did serves. I, I, I staked out defendants to try to get documents to them. I did I met people in hotel lobbies that were paid me in cash to deliver documents. I mean, we did. You know what this sounds, this sounds like it would be a great reality TV show. Oh yeah. You know? It's perfect. We'll, we'll call it the process server. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, all the different crazy totally. things that happen. Cause I know that a lot of crazy, they make funny movie scenes about these sort of things. Totally. Funny things happen and doing that. Um, what about, um, what about jurisdictions? You know, I mean, every, every state, every, every mm-hmm. different places inside of states have different rules. Do you have to, do you have to, plan around all those rules or is that only oh, yeah. happen at, at the, at the final step where the guy actually still delivers the paperwork? So that that's a great question and a big barrier to entry for this type of technology. Right. So I told you that documents are uploaded by the, by the paralegal, right. And say that the, the case is filed in Nashville, Tennessee, and two of the defendants are ones in Colorado and ones in Texas. Right. And they're going to get served in Colorado and Texas. Um, uh, our, Machine learning technology reads those documents and pulls out what we need, right? Pulls out the court address, uh, the name of the documents, um, the defendant's names, all of that stuff. And then, as I've said, the process server is making the attempts into the mobile app, right? Those electronic inputs from the reading of the documents and the attempts um, and all the data the processor process server puts into our mobile app are combined into a jurisdictional um, uh, required affidavit of service. This is what happened with geolocates, timestamps, and photographs for to keep the process server and the defendant on, honest, right? Um, so if those documents um, were filed originally in Nashville, right? Then Tennessee law controls and a Tennessee, only the type of service or process that's allowed in Tennessee is allowed for the folks being served in Colorado and Texas. So Tennessee has a law that says you can't serve them on Sunday. Colorado doesn't have that law. Tennessee says um, uh, you can only personally serve them by handing it to their doc, to, to them and, and, or somebody else that, that, uh, lives with them uh, over uh, the age of 16. Colorado 
says the age of 18 and you have to be a relative, right? So, so all of your, that is your, baked into the technology. So your software uh, understands all of that stuff, every rule Correct. from every place and, right. and it it's doing the right thing. And so it's based Correct. on the origination of the lawsuit. Right. Wow. Wow. That is, that right. is really, that is really something. So the process server can only serve certain ways because Tennessee rules um, control. So if they, if that process server tries to post the documents, the app will not let them select that. So, yeah. so let's, let's talk about the rules. last thing. Uh, you know, and you actually referred to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, sounds like you've got a spouse. You go to the mm-hmm. spouse and you say, I've got this crazy idea that's really gnawing yeah. at me. I've been a successful lawyer for 22 years, but I don't want to be a lawyer anymore. Now I want to go do a startup and get no money as a pay. I get yeah. no paycheck. And, yeah. but, may, but maybe someday we'll get a big bomb at the end that'll just like yeah. rain money. So yeah. how'd that conversation go? <laughs> so I, um, my situation was fortunate because I have had a lot of business ideas in my life with my wife so uh, that I've told her about. And she's told me no on every one. So when I finally came up with one that made sense to her, she said, fine, because <laughs> you're not doing all the other dumb ones. But that's a unique situation, right? So so um, the conversation's tough, of course, right? And that's why you really got to think hard about how much it's going to take to get this pilot out. Um, uh, how much is everybody putting into the business? Do you have the right developer on your on your side? Uh, do as much legwork as possible. And in today's gig economy, try to keep some revenue flowing in as you're getting this thing off the ground, right? Yeah. You do know, then, and then the, the last thing, you know, you've talked about the technology or we've talked about the technology partner, uh, but, you know, really mm-hmm. uh, at the end of the day, the most important one is the people who sell. So who's who's handling your sales? Uh, of how, How'd you get these 3,500 law firms? I mean, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, isn't that crazy, itself. right? Really so impressive, yeah. We, um, I, we've had one independent contractor salesperson for a year or a year and a half. That's it. Um, the majority of these folks come from marketing efforts, like me going to an event or me um, doing a podcast or doing some joint marketing with a case management software system. Google AdWords. Google search, the it's so easy to do. So if you're sitting in Atlanta and you got to serve documents in Denver and you don't know anybody in Denver, what do you search? Process server Denver, right? And then we have, you know, we've invested in some Google ads and we'll pop up on the first page, you know, and then she or he will click on that. And they're like, holy cow, I can't believe how easy this is. And what we're doing next is we're going to have account management and salespeople then take that, what we call a lead, right? She's, she or he's done one job in Denver, get a lunch and learn together with everybody in their firm, all the offices, and push that usage um, uh, to full utilization. So most well, of these <laughs> firms have come just sort of through word of mouth. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you guys are uh, doing awesome. You know, uh, the promise of the show <clears throat> is to deliver the inside track, the best, smartest, or fastest way to get something done. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in your case, it, it was really about 
solving a problem that you couldn't solve in your in your current position before and and making the leap and you know you've described it uh, you know in a beautiful way i mean really uh, you know with with great specificity and, and i don't have any mm -hmm. sense that you're holding back and, and listen this has been this was my business in venture capital for years I mean, i spent years in that world and and it um, you know i appreciate it when when guys live up to that standard we call those advantage players and that makes you an advantage player so thank you That's for great. for sharing and uh, just telling us your story you know we, we wish you the very best in this uh in the roller coaster ride that you're on absolutely it's been an absolute pleasure to be on i've really enjoyed it um uh, so thank you very much well good well listen thank you uh, very much and we'll uh we want to stay stay in touch okay great you've been listening to profit from the inside with joel block for more insights and to learn more visit joelblock.com How about a shout out and a huge thanks to our podcast show producer, David Wolf, and the team at Audavita Studios. Profit from the inside wouldn't be possible without these wonderful professionals. To learn more or to find out how you can launch and produce your own podcast show, reach out to www.audavita.com. That's A-U-D-I-V-I-T-A.com. Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.